You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington. Joining me once again is Mr. Kevin Darso. So, Kevin, I'm not even going to ask how you are. <laughs> because when the team's on a 10-game losing streak, I think we all know how we are. I'm sorry, and in case you're not mishearing me, um, it is November 27th, 2022, and yes, the Philadelphia Flyers once again are on a 10-game losing streak. This is not a show we've released before, even though there were two losing streaks last year of 10-plus games. Mm-hmm. This is a brand new show. It's a brand new losing streak. Whole new season, whole new group of guys. Mm-hmm. We're going to dive into it in just a second. I'm going to restrain myself and remind you to follow us on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Durso. Subscribe to our YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube. Check us out on sportstalkphilly.com. <laughs> Okay, into the into the anger here. Well, first, well, first of all, I don't know what you're talking about in terms of asking me how I am because, first of all, everybody got a day off on Thursday. Okay, yes, good, happy good Thanksgiving times. to everyone. Right, so good times right there. Friday sandwiched around the game that was played on Friday afternoon or evening or whatever, however you want to describe it. Did did the Flyers was, know a game was being played? No, but that's okay. okay. Um, I was with family in the early afternoon. Hung out for a few hours, went down, did the game, went back to said family, like wherever, you know, where they were located. They were at my parents' place. So went back there after the game and hung out for another several hours. Nice. And and for the Saturday game, being on the road instead of being at the Wells Fargo Center, spent the entire afternoon just out with with buddies. Watched the game from a distance. Just out with buddies. Well, no, 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 no. We were at a buddy's place. So not out on the town or anything like that. Just at a place. So I could do my I could do what I do, sitting with friends like like normal. It's like being in my own house. Oh oh, and the and the group text was lively last night. Uh, group text ten- was well, and and here's the thing: you had I had two of them kind of going in a sense because you had the group text that we have, right? And then I'm sitting in a room with other people while the game's on too, right? So it's like uh, the the IRL version life. of a group text. Oh yeah, so <laughs> it, which I mean, let's put it this way: the the, in, the intermissions were great to be able to flip over to something else more entertaining to an extent. I mean, the game actually was for the first two periods on Saturday anyway, modestly entertaining. Sure. I can give, I can state that for what it's worth. And in the, in the third period, you have some violence and you know, if you're not seeing good hockey, yes. And that's what you're going to see, you know? Right. Oh, a for sure. Two and I, and, and, and you're jumping over the immediate point in which, you know, the game is over. Oh yeah. You and know what I mean? Like John Tortorella talked about it after the game, you know, they, we lost our concentration for a couple of minutes there. And yeah, it was like a two minute stretch in the third period where bang, bang, two back to back goals. I mean, well, I mean, let's put it this way. I'm not going to lie to you for a split second or for a couple of minutes within the second period. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my goodness, they might actually have a shot they to win decent. this one. They well, and decent. I'm not even going off of look decent. It's one of those situations we can, because the other aspect of a team that's when you're in a losing streak like this, the other aspect of it is which team takes the foot off the gas and thinks it's an easy night at the office. What team can you slide by because they coasted on you? And the Islanders for a little while, especially having played the day before, and not just played the day before, but seemingly gave a lot to win a game the day before. I mean, that was they played a close game the night before. Yep, backup goalie Saturday night, second half of the back-to-back. Yeah, a goalie, by the way, who, like, if you would have gone back and told me in 2020 when – the Flyers were in the playoffs against the Islanders that Semyon Varlamov would come into the quarter mark of the season and have seven games played all year. 
And that by that point, Ilya Sorokin's the guy. Yep. I would have believed. And that he was healthy. Extent, and that right. he was healthy. And that I would have believed it to some extent, but I certainly wouldn't have given uh, um, Varlamov seven starts or right. seven appearances. Be a lot closer to 50-50 here. Right. I definitely would not have imagined that. So for a split second, you're starting to think this could actually turn into a win because the Islanders are not playing up to par. They're kind of coasting through this game a little bit. And it, it's the it's the typical formula. They it find takes ways pa- to lose. It takes, no, it's, it takes a power play. Yep. So get special teams involved, number one. And then that little spurt of time, in this case, less than 30 seconds, where that quickly, two goals are on the board, you're down two in the third period, you already know the end result. Bang, I, bang. Knew, I knew yep. they were losing on Friday when I actually knew it before Sidney Crosby scored in the final minute because I could already feel a goal coming in the final minute. That's how... Right evident it was so when yeah. Crosby's the one who scores it no less which I think I mean geez if you're the betting type you should have had money on Crosby to score anytime goal, goal score yeah. but you should anytime he's playing them bet it like yep. it's 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 practically a lock I mean that he became the all-time leader in goals against the Flyers you know in front in Flyers franchise history you know with that one you know what and quite frankly as an all-time NHL great who is a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, sure. That's probably a record he should hold. That's fair. Because he passed Le- He passed Mario. Sure. But the, actual, the actual interesting part of this is, is that eventually Mario is going to get passed by Ovechkin. Oh, yeah. Ovechkin's at, like, I think 45 after the game winner on Wednesday. <laughs> so it, it, it's going to turn into the same thing. Like, they nearly... For their careers, they nearly, Ovechkin, man. Well, right. For their careers, they nearly have identical point totals to begin with. Some guys, the goal are just, totals are going to be a competition. Some guys are just so, destined to have parallel careers, like Crosby sure. and Ovechkin. You know, Daniel Sedin and Henrik Sedin. You know, <laughs> like the Caps did play on Saturday too. Now they did not win. They did not even play that well because they played. Well, they they look. They played New Jersey, who's good. But I know that Ovechkin scored another goal on Friday. So he's nine away from 800 and you've got, I think, I think you've got five games left until they're back in Philly or five games for Washington. I should say, I'm trying to clarify. I think it's four for the flyers before he he walks in with 797 and gets it in Philadelphia, right? It's at least on the table at that point. If it happens, I'm betting it. If it happens, I'm betting it. I'm not going to bank on him. I'm not going to bank on him being at at 797 coming in. If he has anything above 795, I'm betting on it in Philadelphia. Mm. 796 or higher, we're betting it. He can score four. I don't know, though, because... If Felix Sandstrom's in net? No, because that, that, that situation already happened this week. And he didn't do it, so... Yeah, but he wasn't close to a milestone. He didn't turn it on and decide it's actually time to that, get it. Actually, that makes me shy away from it more because I remember a player who was going for 700 who took like two weeks to get it because it but was. That's, that's not how Ovi works, though. He decide like when he decides he wants to win the Art Ross in the last three weeks of the season, I just he don't, scores 18 goals. I just don't know that he's going to get that many in the next four games for himself. We'll see. We'll you see. know, like it's, I mean, he he'd need like seven goals in the next four games. But like, now, granted, if he gets six or seven in the next four, then he's then not. then well, right then I think we can have a conversation about that. <laughs> okay, because because then he's putting up goals that are ridiculous. Right, I just don't even know if it's going to come close. I mean, he right. might be at 
seven ninety three or four. Well, and we've got, we've got some time because uh, I haven't mentioned it yet this show, but we are back to our weekly schedule, so make sure to come back. Next right, so next week we'll, we'll tell you if he's close. Yeah, next week we'll really be on OV. Well, because by that point, that you by that point, there's only one game in between that matchup, so right. that's going to be OV watch for sure. And it um, honestly, you notice the fact that we have found it a way to talk about anything but the, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers here. <laughs> well, no, we discussed the two games that capped, that capped off the streak. Right, and spent the entire time talking about their opponents. <laughs> well, because what else do you do at this point? I mean... Right. The organization is... Is shambles the right word? No, I don't think that it's shambles is the right word at this point because I think it already was. I mean, we've had that show Fair. before. I mean, we literally did an episode this offseason called Fire Everyone. And I mean, unless if you want to rehash, quite frankly, we we thought about re-releasing it. The only Um, reason we can't re like truthfully, the only reason we couldn't re-release that episode is because we didn't have another 10 game losing streak to talk about. And we kind of have to go off of that. I mean, now you have to go off of everything that has happened to this point. In in the season, because because the whole body of work actually comes into play. You actually do have to go to the seven, three and two start and how that looked at that time. And yep. then the 10 games after that got you to this point, you know, I, first of all, for one thing, I do want to say this because I've had, the, I've kind of had this thought since long before it was a 10 game streak, probably back when it was going on seven, like or at the beginning of the week, like seven right around the time we did our last show. Well, it was right after because I, okay. like, I got to go after that. Cause if it was, if it was on my mind last week, I would have said it last week. Fair. So, but it, like it's even I think it becomes even more either relevant or just becomes more of a funny statement or a funny thing to think about two weeks ago or three weeks ago, because I, I remember telling you this. I had people who were reaching out on Twitter three games in six games in whatever the case may be about how. Well, what Look was, at this turnaround. What were you so worried about? Blah, no, 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 blah, no, blah, no, blah. no, 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 not not in terms of how they were playing in terms of, oh, look at the okay. record. In terms of, they're screwing themselves out of a shot at the yeah, dark. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, this, 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 for what? A few extra wins at the beginning of the year. This is the point that I was trying to make about it being three games, six games in. There's a lot of road left in front of you in terms of what you have left to play. I want you, like, honestly, and I already said this last week, but I'm going to do it again because it's still relevant. I want you to find me the win in the next two weeks. Oh, To be fair, though, it would be nice to have, let's say they had three less wins in that early stretch, they'd have six less points and they'd be tied with Anaheim for last. I'm just I get, saying, I get, I, you know, I get that. The reason why I'm not worried about this is because, the, and this is just my, my standpoint, my thoughts. You can feel free, not just you, Kyle, I'm talking about everybody yeah. who's listening. You can feel free to disagree with my statement on this, but okay. Like this is, and this is just a logical thought. If you establish yourself at the top of the standings, if if Boston or New Jersey or and Vegas, I think Vegas actually kind of falls into this category right now. For sure. If you lose a couple of games after the start that you've had, if you go from fifteen and three or whatever you want to go with out of that, right, and then lose a couple games in a row or three games in a row, yeah, it doesn't derail what you've started. No. And I think that that makes it easier as a team to say. We got to find a way to snap out of this, and we can because we've done it before. Right. Or not even – not snap out of a losing streak, but we've Just won be before. good. We know right. we're good. We've won before. We know we're a good enough team. It's easy – it should be easy to snap out of this. Turn it back on. We're in, right. a, we're in a situation. We're in a losing – a little bit of a losing streak. It's okay, though. We can come back from this, and it's not going to kill what we've started. 
It's not going to take us out of the playoffs. It's not going to do this. So I think that for teams, and now I'm kind of drifting down the standings from those teams, if you're a Colorado or a Tampa, and you're not exactly, you're not even, you're not even in the top 10 in point totals in the league, but you're in a spot where you know you're good enough. You're in the playoffs. Right. You don't want to have a losing streak at this point, but you don't want to lose sight of the fact that you're in, in the position right. of being in the playoffs. For teams like that who don't get off to the best start but know they're better, I think it's easier to establish a winning streak and, and gain the points that you right. didn't get early than it is for a team that goes the other direction, that starts a little hot, slips, and then has to find a way to stop the free fall. For if you are if you are any of these teams at the bottom, and I'm not just including the Flyers at this point. If you are Vancouver, Buffalo, Arizona, and the list goes on to the ones we know are there, Anaheim, right? It's e- it's going to be way easier for, and I'm going to I'm going to take Anaheim out of play because Anaheim doesn't have anywhere to go down. That, that's fair. So, it, but if you're Nashville, Minnesota, Vancouver, these teams right around where the Flyers are that are sitting here going, well, we're not really good. You know, if I had to look, we're probably four or five, six points away from a playoff spot at this point, which is which is a typical range at this point because you've only played a quarter of the season. Right. So so realistically, like the Flyers should be six points out of a playoff spot today, because right. unless you got off to the start that Anaheim did, the net, that's where you should be. That's a typical average. That's the middle, right? The middle right. of the bell curve kind of thing. It is, but it's not. I mean, you're still in the bottom ten in points, it's, but it's the low but, end of the bell curve, right? But but and, and but don't get me wrong, that that's based a thousand percent off the fact that they haven't won a game in three weeks. Yep, you know that's the reason. But if you're if you're one of those teams that's that's realizing, you're not realizing, but if you're one of those teams that's in that range that could just as easily like you can count the same number of points to the playoffs as the same number of points to the bottom, it's more challenging to make up the six point deficit to get in than it is to lose your way to the bottom. Well, right. And we're, we're, you're not talking about one of those teams that has that we're better than this, right? The flyers aren't one of those teams that has the mentality of, yeah, we've lost a couple, but we should be better. Right. They have to know. Like, listen, I know that every NHL player is a highly skilled athlete, and I know that every NHL player has found winning success. I do understand that. Well, right. But you know when your roster's not as good as the roster you're going up against. You do, but there's an – okay, so there's another angle on this. If you're a team – because you got to look – let's look at the teams that are below the Flyers right now. Just throwing it out there. If you're – I'll pull two of them out in particular because – I, look, Anaheim is what it is right now, and they got a lot of work to do to get out of that, out of the basement. They should be able to because of the fact that they have more talent than a lot of these teams, but they do have injuries too. They, It's not exactly clicking the way that they thought it would. I get that. And Columbus being where they are has everything to do with injuries right now. Yeah, absolutely. To an extent. I mean, Columbus is better than three of the teams that are in that grouping by the roster, but they yeah. don't, they're not playing the best guys. I think so, Columbus has kind of shipped the season. They probably have to an extent. The thing is, is that you're never going to, uh, this is why I say this. You're never going to tell players exactly in, in, in the games against these teams, when they beat up on each other, yep. you're never going to tell them don't play to win. Right. You're just never going to get, th- nope. that's never going to be achieved. Well, right. So, and no athlete is going out there to lose. Right. 
And well, and then, uh, but I also, and I also look at teams and as much as, listen, I'm not trying to deny the fact that you go to, if we are talking, if we're looking at the same and it's not going to be, but let's just hypothetically say we were looking at the same playoff picture or same standings picture. I don't want to say playoff picture because none of those teams are making the playoffs, right? The same standings picture in another month, the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, let's be honest. (laughs) Well, no, right. But what I mean, what I mean by that is, is that at that stage of the game in another month, if we're still talking about Columbus in 31st and Ottawa in 30th and Buffalo in 26th, teams that maybe should have been better this year but now are going to come to terms with the fact that they're not, right. then you start to see a shift in, well, maybe this season should be more about, hey, we can position ourselves for the draft pick. There's no coming back from this, right? And it doesn't mean that they're going to tank but it means that they're going to keep themselves in that position that that if you, you know, that they're going to be subtracting assets from their current roster as opposed to adding assets to their current roster. I don't even know. I don't even know if that's exactly the case. What I would say it would be is, is that you're not rushing that guy back from injury. You're not worried about that guy who can't play for the rest of the year. That's more of what I get the sense of like, like Ottawa today at 15 points could turn it around with a four game winning streak tomorrow. Yeah. Theoretically speaking. And quite frankly, and of this batch of teams, I think they're the most likely to. I don't think they're they going to, but they're no, the most but likely But they should to. be because I think that as a team right now, even though it's past Thanksgiving, even though it's at a spot where you're like, hey, listen, you should, you know, the chances of you making it from 30th to a playoff spot are slim at this point. That team doesn't have the organizational depth to overcome the loss of Josh Norris. And I think it's really, really, really it's, hurting. Them. They've got a lot of things that they're not able yeah. to overcome. I mean, like, look, Jake Sanderson could turn out to be one of the next great defensemen. And it has doesn't been mean in great. His, no, it doesn't mean in his rookie year he's replacing what Thomas Shabbat gives you when he's out. Right, right. exactly. Like, you can't expect that. And they do have a lot of guys who are newer to the lineup. You can't deny it. They made a lot of additions. So it does take some time. And, and if guys are in and out, banged up a little bit, maybe there's an injury we don't know about for a guy that you expect more from. Whatever the case may be, I just don't, I just don't think that where they are right now is acceptable for what they did is the point. <sighs> yeah, I, I think it's acceptable only because you have the injury excuse. And it's not. Not by as much as other teams, though. Like there's not as many guys that you don't feel like you shouldn't be getting more from what you added, right? Like more from DeBrinket, more from the guys. You can't, who you can't really league. ask for more from Giroux. He's no, but I'm talking about more. No, but I'm talking about more from the guys that like more from your Tim Stutzlas and your Brady Kachucks who have been around a little bit, and it's like, okay, listen, eventually this is going to have to pick up. Right. I think they made their moves very intentionally. Um. They, and they might have, yeah. Right, they made their moves with a longer-term plan in play. I oh, don't I'm sure. think Ottawa is super worried about it this year. Like, did they think they'd be better? Yeah. Uh, do they think they'd be kind of pushing for a playoff spot? Yeah, I think they thought that. But they went and got Alex DeBrincat, who is very young. They oh, signed yeah. Claude Giroux for three years when they could have signed him for one or two. You know, I, I think they made these moves... They went big picture, a, no doubt. With a bit of an eye for the future. and Yeah, they did They did a big picture approach. You're right. If it's, it works out this year, great. But I think it's more for years two and three once the group is kind of gelled together a little bit. I just don't say, like, like here's the other thing that's interesting, too, because this is a team that has, has like, Ottawa's got a 7-12-1 record this year. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually ignoring the record because, to me, what's astonishing about having that record is that they've got a minus six goal differential. A team with 
five more regulation losses and one overtime loss more than they've won has a minus six. Let's let's put this in perspective. I mean, they've also only played 20 games, so right. a lot of teams are starting to hit the 22-23 mark in fairness. Yeah. So they've got We're room to gain officially at the quarter there. point of the season here. Right. But they have room to gain on teams for two with two extra games. Can't deny that. But also, they've got the same number of wins that the Flyers do. The Flyers have a 7-10-5 and five record. They have a 7-12-1 and one record. The Flyers' goal differential is minus 21. Theirs is minus 6. They're way more competitive in games and probably even more so finding ways to lose. Then, right. uh, like, and, and doing if, it in weird ways, you got to imagine because you can't be a minus six in goal differential and come away with, well, we're not a good team. Like, Buffalo's got a plus three and is has one point fewer than the Flyers do. That's fair. Like, eventually, that evens out. You either are scoring more than you don't, and you end up winning games because of it, or you know, or or it's the result of your wins are so big that yeah. you blow teams out of the water when you win. And when you lose, you're losing by like a goal. Right. And it and it can play out that way. But I just don't see like those are like those two teams I just mentioned are two that are absolutely a thousand percent ripe for passing the Flyers eventually. And oh, I know yeah. it sounds crazy to think that Ottawa four points behind when I said it's hard to make up points, but that's it's a two team games that I hand. And, right, and that's a team I absolutely see making up the deficit. I mean, I, I can see Arizona's two points behind him and has three games in hand. They're making that deficit up. Absolutely. Like they're, they're going to make that up. And like at this point, like I start to kind of lump in teams like. Like I the ones I get worried about more than the others are Columbus and Anaheim, but Columbus already has won two games against you. So if they've you know, eventually you're going to have games like a perfect example is on Sunday after is it afternoon? Um, OK, it's not because that's not. A direct head. Okay, here's here's one though. Sunday night, so the night we're recording this, yeah. eight o'clock. Vancouver plays San Jose. Vancouver just passed you basically, and only is t- like passed you in terms of points percentage. They're tied with you, and San Jose's two behind. That's a win-win. Yeah. Doesn't matter who wins that game. No. Somebody's getting two points. I hope that game goes to overtime. Even I think there's one on Monday too, where it's like, or on Tuesday, where it's like same thing. Two teams playing each other. That you go, well, it's not going to matter who wins it. You know, right. there's and I know there's one more of those coming up somewhere down the line here where and and it's going to be funny when it's when it's on nights when the Flyers do play, you know, right. right. Because, we're going to we're going to be scoreboard watching from November on, but we're scoreboard watching the worst teams in the league. Right. You're scoreboard watching for the who lose, you know, who wins to gain points on you. Yep. Like, OK, here, and, like and you're thrilled to see the, the final slash OT or final slash shootout on NHL.com because that for games for games game, that are head baby. to head. Yes. But 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 you're you're going to start taking, especially for how much season is still in front of you. You're you're going to start taking the game where like. Like, listen, nobody wants to see. I want to say it wasn't Friday. I think it was Wednesday. Chicago had a four to one lead in the third period and blows the lead to oh, Dallas. Man, but it goes, um, you know, uh, you know, and okay, that one actually you don't want to see because that didn't go to overtime, so you, they got nothing out of that. That's fair. But you'll take, but you'll take the game that a team's leading down the stretch. You'll take, okay, you'll take the game like on Friday when Arizona's playing Detroit. They're trailing by a goal, last minute of regulation, and they tie the game. And you go, well, they just got a point, even though they lose in a shootout, they don't get the second one. You'll take the point for the for the team behind you that you know is trying to make up some some margin there, right? Like 
you take it and you're gonna take anything you can get. There's enough games left where it's like, okay, listen, enough of those go to overtime. You're oh, gonna there's, they'll there's eventually catch. Yeah. Right. They'll catch, you know. So I guess I guess we I guess now we have to eventually get into the heart of the matter, which is talking about the, you know, everything that you know where where we go from here kind how of the flyers and, got where they are and where we're at and, well we know how they got where they are because right. we were already on that path last week right I mean, it's not impossible to say we already i mean we already led up to it we had one of the banners we had on last week's show was is, you know are they going to put together another 10 game streak i asked you the same are. question i asked you the same question which was between calgary washington pittsburgh and the islanders who's the like who's the win Find coming against yeah. yeah but help me find one because I don't know who like they're not better than any of those teams or at least any of those teams and have somebody who can take over a game and I watched as you know I watched as a guy like you know let's go to let's talk about the Calgary game I watched as a guy like Jonathan Huberto who had all the two goals to his name coming in scores four minutes in five yep. minutes in yeah oh, he's warming up by the way he's he's getting there yeah, yeah. you're right I watched as you know I watched them play a game against Washington where for the first time in the better part of a week, they well, I don't want to say the better part of a week because they had near misses against other teams. Like they could have beaten Montreal a week ago, and we would have never. Had they should this have beaten Montreal, but whatever. <laughs> well, you're yeah, because you're down to three seconds left. Right. I mean, that one defined finding a way to lose, but Damn. but they came pretty close to matching that against Washington because that's a game. The longer it went, the third period's going on, and you're going, boy, Washington's just not pushing. Like right. it's really not there, and you're like. They're actually going to find a way to win a game here, Yep. you know, and, and, and eventually it like, eventually it happens, right? Like, that's what I'm getting at is the longer it goes. And this happened when they got it to 13 last year, right? They, when they had a 13 game streak, eventually you're sitting there going, one of these is going to break your way. Somebody's got to have a bad night against us. Like some, some goalies got to give up three goals on the first four shots. Like, come on, we need something. Right. <laughs> But you get a you get an entry that looks really close. I mean, even on the broadcast, they were calling like Eddie Olchek called it offside live, live, thinking it was you know thinking it was. And look, I went back. I defended the decision not to challenge there. I thought it was simultaneous. His skate crosses at the same time the puck crosses yeah. to me. You're if you if you challenge it, you're losing it. Oh yeah, because because it was bang bang. Yet. It was bang bang, and the call on the ice was goal. Which which for what it's worth, that's what the officials should do. Is, oh, if yeah, it let is the play go. Close, if it's that close in the moment, you've got to let the play go and let the play develop because it did directly impact that a goal was scored. Right. And then when you look at it closely, yeah, you have no choice but to sit there and say, okay, listen, that's too close for comfort to make a challenge, to put yourself shorthanded, to, you know, in the grand scheme of things, potentially take yourself out of a chance to win the game anyway or to get a point out of it. Right. So I guess you got to stick with it. But there was nothing wrong with that. If nothing else, I'm I'm with what John Tortorella said after that game, which is that it it that should be a simple coverage. Two guys miss the mark. One guy tries to make an aggressive play at the blue line, misses. Another guy gets caught puck watching, loses his man. Everybody tries to overcorrect as a result. Guy gets left open in front of the net. Tic tac toe. It's in that's, the goal. That's how it works. Yep. Yep. So that's that was the that was the near miss of the group realistically because, I mean, when you're down to that little time left in regulation you're closing in on the possibility that it happens. The Pittsburgh game, they were never in. No. The, the Islander game had its interesting moments until you got to the third period and gave up two in 22 seconds. Yep. That's just, when it got... They just find ways to lose. Like, it's just the most painful way. 
Like, if they were just bad, if they just came out and got whooped every night 5 nothing, it wouldn't. Like, right. we'd, we'd understand what it is. It would just be they're a bad team. Okay, or ne- right, fine. and then you're never – well, they're, they're still a bad team, obviously. But right. Like, yeah, I know they right. are. There's a competitive nature to these games where you're like, okay, you know what? There's a possibility that there's you could still be There's fire there. Right. It just, well, to, it's, an ex- to an extent, I, and I say to an extent in the sense that once the third period went off the rails against the Islanders on Saturday, what, what they were doing at the end of the game was embarrassing, to be honest. Like, first of all, that's a clean hit on Kevin Hayes. So you're yeah. getting riled up over a clean hit. You're getting riled up because you're annoyed. Let's and and so well, you're right. Oh, sure. The, the emotions get the better. Right. You're and, pissed and, off and, that it's the 10th game and you're losing again and blah, blah, well, blah, and blah, let's, blah. And let's be and let's be real. And I can't I, I can't I'd have to go back and I'm not going to try to like I can try. I guess I can try to watch it and not have the sound on because no. I because I, I know where the clip is. The clip is very easy for me to access because it's not like you didn't have guys on the ice who you knew would do that. I mean, I'm starting to, I'm trying to look at who else was out there at that right. moment. We know Delorier was out there. I, Ivan Provorov's not going to pick a fight. Morgan Frost wasn't going to pick a fight. Hayes obviously got himself out of there because he was the one who got hit. But, but he will other- pick a fight if he's not the one hit, for the record. Like, Kevin Possibly. Hayes has no problem getting involved. Like, he's in- not involved. starting anything. All right, involved. He's not starting anything. He will participate. But, oh, and okay, fine. If Delorier wants to do that, that is what he is here for to an extent. I understand it. But D'Angelo had no reason to pick a fight there. And not only pick a fight, but pick a fight with a guy who doesn't really isn't really known for it. Isn't his isn't the title of his biography? He didn't need to pick a fight there. Like, isn't that kind of just the whole thing about him? I'm just but saying. You, but, but, but didn't I hint it hint it this weeks ago that he looks like he's going to come unhinged at any point during a game? And yes, we all talked. We both in, talked he about it. In, grabs a guy for no apparent reason, a guy who doesn't typically fight, and then after getting a few shots in. Gets ragdolled like he's not even out there. Gets ragdolled. Oliver Wallstrom. Oliver Wallstrom was dribbling his head. Oliver Wallstrom was dribbling his head like a basketball. And and the and the officials he stood was, there and watched. He was trying out for the Nets. Holy crap! And I, I love that the officials stood there and watched it. Like, like there was no reason for that at all. And. If Whatever. You, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know I'm not the biggest fan of the player as a person. As a player, he's fine. Not the biggest fan of the person. No, see, I'm, and here's the thing. This is why I'm critiquing it because I'm not going off the person. I'm going off of the player no, playing well and enough anyway. That's what I'm. What I'm saying is. You can say whatever you want on Twitter. You can whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm not even going to get into that. On the ice, he's he's okay. Come on, man! You got to be better. You got to have I'm better. Gonna, no, no, I'm gonna t- I know, but I'm going to tell you why he's been okay. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, like, no, no, no. Uh, look, I've I've watched it multiple times in scrums where he looks like he wants to take it too far anyway. And in that case, they oh, had, look, he's yeah. Well, and here's the thing: if you're going to pick a spot, I guess that's the spot to pick because there's four minutes left in a game. You know you're losing. So if you get kicked out of the game because you fought a guy at that point, who cares? Right. Like. I don't. I don't need you playing the next five right. minutes anyway Whatever, for the result right. to change. It's not changing the result. I'm talking about early third period stuff stupid or late second penalty, period. Stupid penalties when the team's down a goal. Like right. Well, right. And I, that's where I was saying he was coming unhinged at different yes. points, or where he looks like he's going to. Because you're talking about in the middle of a second period where there's a lot of game left. Don't take a stupid penalty because you can't control your emotions. That's where I lo- That's where I have 
it's that's where I think it's wrong. Track really the, wrong. Track the kid's entire career. The team goes on a losing streak. The team starts heading down the standings. His but what men- I don't know his mental takes a giant dump. Sure it does. But I'm not even talking about that from performance. Like I'm looking at him and I'm going, how are you helping the power play? The power play's thirty first in the league. Right. And you go out there, and, and by the way, he doesn't shoot on the power play, which is what I thought was part of the game plan here, was that he had a shot that could get through. Right. He doesn't shoot. So he's been useless on the power play at this point. Not that anybody else is, right. like, you is useful. Right. To, there, there are no tools on that top power play unit, really. Right. So, like, so if nothing else, like, that's half the reason he doesn't shoot is because everybody knows he's one of the only guys who can shoot, so they take him away. Exactly. So he's forced to try to make the extra creative play, but it still makes it useless nonetheless like there were times when they did have a better lineup out there when they did have d'angelo at the top with hayes and connectney and maybe scott lawton's playing out there or something like that and you're like you got at least guys who can potentially score a goal put the puck on net dude like stop taking all day to think about what you want to do and make another little pass to the side and continue to cycle the perimeter because nobody's afraid to give you that so would you rather have this guy or a random second round level talent third round level talent fourth round level talent no, I'm going to go back to where my problem was at the very beginning of the whole thing, which is not the person, not the player or what he brings. I'd rather have my draft picks back. Yes. I'd rather have my three draft picks back instead of wasting my draft picks on a trade that I don't know what you're made it for at this point. Yeah, I'm like you can call him one of your best players all you want to. He's one of your best players by proxy at this point. You don't have anybody else playing. Do you happen to know off the top of your head when the trade deadline is? Um, not the specific date, but I know it's like late February, early March, like it Mar- usually is. March third, twenty twenty three. Is that what it is? I was about to look it up my, myself. I can't like, for what it's worth, I can't even commit that to memory because I can't even get that far ahead right no, now. No, I know. I'm just no, just for the topic of this conversation. No, I, oh, I get it. No, no, no. I know. We have about four months, four months in a week or so mm-hmm. until the trade deadline. Right. We're very quickly going to be getting to the season. It's usually right after the holiday break where teams usually start calling and going, hey, I don't want to wait till the trade deadline. I want to get this asset for 30 or 40 games instead of 17. What can we do? I don't want the person on the other end of that line to be Chuck Fletcher. Now, I I know the Philadelphia Flyers don't have a lot of assets that they can get rid of. I know that there's there's not a Derek Broussard this year. That you know, there's not a Claude Giroux. Um, there is a Justin Braun uh, coming once again in the form of Justin Braun, uh, who will I'm sure get traded to somebody for a fourth round pick. You know, so third or, four, third or fourth again, right? Every every every, t- every playoff team's gonna say, "Hey, I can use him as a he's six a or a defenseman." Seven. Yep, yep. He, I can use him as a six or a seven. He was a third round pick last year, and he was fine. You're gonna get a third or a fourth for him this year, and you're gonna be thrilled about that. But either way, whatever the assets are, whatever creative ideas teams come up with in this league, I don't want Chuck Fletcher being on the other end of that phone call. I want somebody else. I want, I mean, theoretically, I want Danny Briere because I think that's probably a name that they would look pretty seriously at. I don't know if they'd be willing to give it to him quite yet just because he's a little bit new to the organization. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not new to the organization. Well, he, he's new, new to the role. You're right. New I get to it. the Right. New to management in the new organization. New to the front office. Right. I get it. Quite frankly, 
and I've said this before on the show, it's time for some deep cleaning. Like, it's it's time oh, to yeah. take the front office, scrub absolutely everything out of it, except for maybe Danny Briere. All the way All up. Right. All the way up. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Okay. I know Dave Scott is the governor of the Philadelphia Flyers. Sure. Okay. But if Dave Scott, the human, not Dave Scott, the executive, the family man, the guy who goes home to his wife or whatever his situation is, I don't know, goes home and has dinner or whatever, that guy, that person, if that guy, if that guy is a Philadelphia Flyers fan, he, the executive, needs to step down. And if he's not, if he's just a businessman, then he's going to be in charge until Comcast says he's not in charge anymore. But everything, all the way up to the tippy, 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 tippy top, is broken. And it needs to be fixed. Preferably deep cleaned and scrubbed. (laughs) No, No, I mean... Well, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like I just kind of threw a lot at you there. No, it, it, well, look, I wrote, I wrote about it. I had started this article that's going up today as literally within the recording session or maybe right after, however I decide to do it. Right. Um, that literally talks about the fact that, that – so there's. A, I'll give you a couple of details from the article because the timing is ironic in a lot of ways because the changes always seem to happen around this time of year. The changes always seem to be we get to Thanksgiving. The weekend after Thanksgiving is brutal. Everybody's screaming for it. Something eventually has to give. It happens. And you're into early December playing the we're looking for a new coach. We're looking for a new general manager. We're doing this. We're doing that. Right. The Black Every, Friday game creates a great platform to put the team's trouble. Yeah. You know display. why? Because 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 of who owns the team or because yep. of what involvement it's, it's, it's always a prime time game. They, they got the they fourth. Get, they got the 530 spot all of themselves. Exactly. Thanksgiving yep. showcase, nobody else playing, and the effort was garbage. There wasn't another game until eight o'clock on the East Coast. The coach told the coach came out and told you after the game that the reason why they had a push in the third period was because, quote, two words, garbage time. Yep. That's his answer. And he's right. But so I want to take some of what you said and counter it and some of what you said and agree with it. Okay. Oh, first of all, the irony of the situation, by the way. And I already knew this to begin with. I did, to be honest, the years blend together, so you don't remember exactly what happened Oof. on what date. Some no, sometimes. So I didn't realize we were on the anniversary of this. So we'll go off of this. But how's this for irony? Right away, I got off the elevator on Friday afternoon about four thirty. Okay. So I got a, got about an hour until game time. I'm getting off the elevator of the press box, so I'm not like by this point I'm in the building right. for a little bit. I get in. I get off the elevator. I walk past the initial entryway where you, you know, to get into where you are. And I start walking towards where you're going to go to access the seats. And who do I walk past who's having a conversation with somebody else? Is it Danny Breyer? Nope. Because that would be, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be out of the ordinary. I wouldn't okay. normally bat an Is eye it about Chuck? it. No. Because oh, okay. that wouldn't be out of the ordinary either because he's there all the time. Okay. It's somebody. So it's Is somebody. It Dave Scott? No, it's not. It's oh, somebody okay. who's not there all the time because he's not working for the Flyers. Oh, I got off the elevator and I walked right by Ron Hextall, <laughs> who was in town with the Pittsburgh Penguins 
No joke. Of course he is. One. Yeah, well, she's a GM of the Penguins. Let's be clear about that. So, of course, he's there. One day shy of the four year anniversary of the day he got fired by the Flyers. Really? So that exactly. was Saturday. Saturday was four years to the day that Ron Hextall was fired. Wow. And within 24 hours of the exact moment when that news came out, because it was a morning news drop, they had they announced it at like 10 a.m. Within 24 hours of that anniversary hitting, the fans in the building were chanting the other, the current GM's name with the word fire in front of it. We are were, right back to was, where we started four years ago. Were they wrong? No, oh, no, no, they're not no. wrong. So first of all, but first of all, there was irony to the fact that this is happening while the former guy is sitting in the building. There's absolute irony to that, that four years down the line, he's in Pittsburgh, general manager of that team, and nothing has changed. There's another 10-game losing streak. There's another, you know, hey, they're losing, so they're chanting the GM's name. It wasn't, you know, for what it's worth, it wasn't loud. It wasn't the entire building doing it, but it was loud enough that I heard it loud, like clearly from the press box. And you may have been able to hear it on television. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't I didn't, listen I that didn't closely. Watch, I was I didn't, at work. But and, I di- and I didn't watch the broadcast to know. I work in retail, I, so I did my best to watch it on Black Friday. Sure. No, I got you. <laughs> so that is, that's the irony of that is that we're four years down the line. He's literally in the building because it happens to be Pittsburgh that they're playing and you get to this point. So now I got to counter, like, let's play the counter. What some yeah. of what you said and agree with some of what you said. They have to fire Chuck Fletcher within Soon. due time. Soon. Soon. Because at this point, you're not even firing him to make the change. You're firing him to not allow him to do more than what he's done to this point. To, you have to take the keys away. Right. You have to take the ability away so he does not make this fall any further than it already has. With, this, with that in mind, what are your options? And I, you've already gave it, given one, and that's fine. It's, it's the first I, option that's going to come on. It's the first right. option that's going to come up is right. do you give the reins to Danny Breer and say, let's hope for the best – this is the this is the in-house option. And I'm not necessarily yes. saying it's the best option. I just it right. is the because, first thing because, that will be, come well, up. Well, because there's an because there's an element of it that, that you say, good luck. If and Chuck, here you go. If if this conversation was happening two years from now and Danny Briere had been in this role for a couple of well, seasons, right, because, whole different animal, he's getting the reins. Here we right, go. Right. Because well, because because what you ask yourself is do you give it to Briere now and say hope let's hope for the best because this is virtually the only in-house option that you have, quite right. literally? Do you try to conduct a search for somebody else? And if you do, who's leading it? Because it can't be that's Dave the, Scott. And that's the problem. It can't be Dave Scott who doesn't have much hockey knowledge to make a decision like this. It also can't be the old boys club. Can't be Bobby Clark and Paul Holmgren and Bill Barber. But but then that's what it's going to be. Well, right. And I know that that's the answer today, which is why I think you actually have to think long and hard about like if Chuck Fletcher doesn't get fired tomorrow, the reason is because to me has to be because you need to think about everybody involved in that decision. That's the only reason you, you move forward without making this decision today is because you, you basically already decide as Dave Scott that everybody's got to go. And we can't make this decision today. We can't do this action today because who's making the choice? You know, who's making the next choice? You absolutely can't go down the road of the Bobby Clark, Paul Holmgren, Bill Barber, Dean Lombardi group making that decision again. 
but that's who so, it's going to be. So no, but so then you have no decision that's a winner. You either yep. you have three options. You let Chuck Fletcher keep the GM job. You give the GM job to Briere, who you know, which is at a time that's probably a too early, and b after being groomed under a front office that's a mess. Or C, you let the old guard choose the next GM. It's a lose, lose, lose. Completely across the board. Which goes to show you that everything about the organization stinks right now. Every aspect is a problem area. Uh, John, hold on. I I got a whole, just hear me out. Not quite everything. We're not going to talk about it, but the reverse retros look really good. We'll talk on it later. Okay, continue. Maybe. Continue. (laughs) We might finally get to that like two more weeks down the line when we're finally done talking. So because next yeah, week, I don't think we're doing that today. No, next week, we could be doing the Chuck Fletcher did get fired show. So who knows? Yeah. Um, look, John Tortorella is a good coach and means well for his players. But I have to imagine at this point that he signed up for this, not realizing just how bad things really were. Or um, at least we're, or, or at least we're going to be. I don't disagree, but I think he's been doing a good job adapting as best he can. Like, right, and I'm really like, like he's coached like bad watching, teams before. He knows he's, oh, yes, he no, knows but, the right no, thing but, to say. Like, but I, I just want to set the stage for what yesterday started as and what yesterday finished as. If you're on Flyers Twitter, which I know you're not, and maybe you're the smarter one out of the two of us, then for that, you know, I have to be. Right. Yesterday started with let's compare who was worse, Hextall or Fletcher. Which is like, which is like trying to sit there and say, which method of death would you like to have? You know, like, would you rather be, you know, be beheaded or rather, you know, die a slow, painful death? I still firmly believe that Ron Hextall was on the right path. Maybe a little too slow. Maybe not quite how people wanted. He was willing to break it down, and that's not. He was willing to break it down. Okay, then let's let's counter that point. Then he might have been willing to take the right path. He didn't draft well enough. I think that's fair. And I think that the realization was that after you, as you were wasting years of draft, develop, draft, develop, draft, develop, and it's not going anywhere. The wheel, the wheel staying in, in motion, but not moving forward was right. what led to what did him in. That's fair. And then, and then you brought in a guy to kind of supposedly clean up the mess. And in theory, you had the opportunity when you were a good team down the stretch of a season and had a guy, you know, had two players minimum who had done everything over the last 10 years to keep you there within reason, right? Two yep. players who had been, who were known to the fan base to an extent, you know, fan favorites in different ways because they were different types of players. They were different personalities, the whole nine, right? And instead of going out on a limb and, taking a chance on better at that time you went depth players at the deadline and it worked out okay for a little but it didn't amount to success in the playoffs and you didn't win that year and then you were scrambling after that you know when it when you couldn't run it back and it was the same you had an off season where it's let's try to overhaul this as quickly as possible with some you know with as many veteran players as we can get our hands on and you got a bunch of essentially potentially a bunch of damaged goods we know one who was, but we, you know, there's another player from that off season who hasn't played a game this year either. And that was not as anticipated. Right. So you got to factor that in, but the day, okay. So the day started though with let's compare who, who was worse. Like as if, you know, 
Like, please find something better to do than this. You know, seriously, right. we're comparing who is the worst GM when realistically is they both were bad. Done right. deal. End of conversation. You know, Kano lost dose. You know, can, can it can, both can be true. End of conversation. Right. Then you move on to the game itself, which is a misery point in and of itself, you know, 10 games in a row. And there's stats that back up the whole how bad it's been in the last calendar year kind of stuff. I mean, literally in the last, I'm going to get to a number that is in the last calendar year that I have written down here because that this is how bad it is. And then the day finished with the fact that Tortorella didn't give any good answers in his press conference. So now we're going back and forth over what, you know, that he either has an obligation or the media should stop complaining or whatever. Like, Jesus Christ, give yourself something better to do than complain about this stuff. Other people I'm doing so, their jobs. Right. Well, and I don't care at this point. Like, I didn't complain about it. I didn't take one side or the other. You know what type of coach John Tortorella is. You know that he's going to give you nothing some nights. You were yeah. hell, hell, you're lucky that, okay, he's had one game so far this year where he walked out of the building completely and didn't talk. So at least at this one, he did talk. He's not giving you material, but he gave you an open invitation. Write how, you know, you watched it. Write what you want. So write what you want and be as scathing as you can be because he gave you an open invitation. Well, Maybe sure. the next time he'll come out and he'll call you out then for what you wrote, but it'll give you way more of an audio bite than it did that day. And to his credit, he, he said what he wasn't going to talk about, and they kept asking three or four questions about that specific topic, and finally he said, all right, I'm done. <laughs> like, but I get you, it. you got to know. And, like, it's, it, and that's part of the job for both sides. It's the reporter's job to ask. This it's his style. You exactly. have to know coming in. If you've watched the game, yep. then you know that sometimes he's not going to give you anything. And at this point, the answer is work around it. That's yep. part of the story then. He didn't talk about it. I'm not going to talk about individuals. I'm not going to bury my team. Then fine. I'll do it for you. Your team just lost 10 in a row. The front office is a disgrace. The team that's on the ice is a disgrace considering organizational depth. And that's the way that you stance it. And you Whoa. start calling for stuff like what I'm writing, which is Chuck Fletcher shouldn't have a job anymore, but neither yep. should anybody else who's in that front office. Right. I think John, what it is. John Tortorella is doing his absolute best with the roster he has. He is doing his best. And here's the thing about And I it, think okay? he's doing well, you, quite frankly. You think, you think that that was bad? If you think that what he just gave you, standing in front of there, listening to the questions and saying, I'm not going to bury them tonight, right. or whatever the case may be, if you think that's bad, I'm going to tell you what's coming within the next two weeks, probably. What's coming is, I'm not taking any questions tonight. We sucked. This is the way it was. And I'm out of here. And that's what you're going to get. And you're going to get 20 seconds of audio. And that's going to tell the whole damn story. There's going to be a loss like the 9 nothing loss to the Rangers. Or the 7-1 it's not, it's, loss. It's, it's not even going to be that. because I, it's gonna, it's, It doesn't even have to be that score. But you know what I mean. Scores. Like a, a, a bad no, there's performance. Just, it's, it could be a game that they lose 4-2 to two, that they score a garbage time goal in. And he'll find a reason because he's it's boiling over. The fuse is lit on this yep. guy right now. Oh, yeah. For sure. He's, and this, that's what I mean. I think that there, he was either handed some empty promise about what – when he took what the they job. Are. No, of what the offseason was going to be. Okay. That we're going to go this direction. You're going to be the coach. We're, we're hiring you for this reason. As if to say we're stancing the offseason, aggressive retool, aggressive retool. So Here how bad was he when they didn't sign Johnny Gaudreau? I don't – and it doesn't have to be Gaudreau, but you, I get your point. When they didn't sign anybody. Anybody. Nick DeLaurier. I think he was promised something different than what he got. And when it never happened, he didn't think it could possibly get this bad. And eventually it's boiling over if it hasn't already. The ownership group in this is going to be telling in the next 
couple days, yep. weeks, whatever you want to go off of, because you have like you have a product that is terrible, straight up terrible. It's a it you're com- it's completely maybe it's not lacking comp you know competitive nature because they are playing hard and doing the the best they can. I can't deny that this time. You know, we watched ten game losing streaks where the answer was they're not even. It feels like they're not even trying. They are trying. I can give them that. Sure. Yeah. But it is like, compl- but it is a product that's completely disinteresting to the fan base. Oh yeah. And like we talked about earlier, it, players aren't showing up to lose. Players are showing up to give their all and to be competitive professional athletes right. and to compete as best they can. And none of us, neither of us here in the podcast, are questioning player effort, player integrity, player like anything like that. We know you're showing up, you're trying hard, you're doing your job. Right. And but and I don't care if it makes them more watchable than last year. I don't care if it makes, you know, that it means they're playing better at times. The majority of people don't want to watch that. They want to watch winning. Right. They want to watch I, a team that they know can win. They, I mean, they that's do what like, I was they want they want they want to see a team that not only competes but has the talent and the ability to actually be successful. Right. And if they allow this to go any further in the style that it is, then you are showing to, you know, even more than you already have that this is not about building a, su- a successful sports franchise. Right. That it's achieves success. Uh, right. It, that, that actually achieves success within your sport. It comes back to monetary benefits of making a profit off of the ticket prices, parking fees, concessions, merchandise. You, you know the drill. And is that good enough for you, Comcast? Is, is collecting on 41 home games during the regular season, is that good enough for you? Has anybody told Comcast that players don't get paid during the playoffs and playoff games are all profit? That'd be interesting right. to them, you. wouldn't it? Wouldn't that wouldn't sure. that be interesting for them to just get a full building and, and not know, even have those silly you know, players to pay? Because who needs them? Right. The, and and look, the roster isn't good, and we know this. But I don't I don't know that there's anybody on the roster today. And I, and I know that this is I'm generalizing this. I'm sure that there may be one or two that you can eventually do this with. I'm not saying not, but I don't know if there's anybody on the roster that the fans feel like they can connect with or that represents them. No. You know what I mean? Like. I, and I use those words because John Tortorella started the whole thing. Like they, they play the clip before every home game as part of the intro video that John Tortorella said something about that. And I, the identity of the team that, that I think he wants to create, by the way, has to be in line with what has to meet the city's identity. Yeah, sure. Right. I don't know that there's anybody that, that anybody on the roster that this city thinks about in that vein or that they envision being here long enough to actually embrace in that way. And I like, I think the only, the only player that's close on that is Joel Farabee. Maybe a little bit. And I don't think they've done a good enough job, you know, building that possibly, but like there's no, there's no Allen Iverson or Brian Dawkins or Jason Kelsey or Bryce Harper or Chase Sutley that the team has where people look at that guy and say, I love that guy. I, you know, I'd run through a brick wall for that guy. He, he's everything that this city is. And he's I would drive rep- across the city and wait in line for 45 minutes to get a picture with him. Well, just kind to meet of, him. But just to meet him. Kind of, but but even without that, because sometimes you no, don't I know what pre- you mean. Like, you don't need to be presented with the opportunity to meet the guy, but you get up every Sunday or every weekday when the Phillies are playing and sit there and say, you know what? Watching Bryce Harper or watching Jason Kelsey today. And, and I mentioned the names from yesteryears a little bit right. that you sit there and you go, that's a guy who I can get behind because he does everything the right way, whether they win or lose, whether they make the playoffs or miss the playoffs. Was He's, always- his attitude is 
his attitude is this is how I like this is what the city deserves and I'm going to try my best to make it happen. That was always Brian Dawkins for me. Always, and, always, always. And and, yeah. and and in my more formative years or the years where I can really like really really got into sports like you're talking the early like the you're talking early double digit years for me, that was Chase Utley. Okay. Chase Utley was hustle hard and Put your head down and go and, out and play. And you know what? When I was an even bigger football fan, because I used to be a massive, massive football guy. Um, okay. Jeremiah Trotter was a big guy on that sure. for me. Just the, a big I, effort guy. He might not be the most talented. Always. Always. The single of, hardest worker on, on the field. Sure. And in light of what we talked about on recent weeks, because... Let's face it, this team that we're talking about currently got thrown under the radar because of a playoff run by another team in the city. How many guys on that team, the, the Phillies I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. did people sit there and go, I can relate to this guy in some way? The entire roster, basically. It, it felt pretty damn close, didn't it? Because, because like, like for you to just go where you just did and say, you know, yeah, Brian Dawkins was that guy, but also Jeremiah Trotter or whatever, like, how many guys, like, how many people loved, like, a guy like Brian Westbrook because he was a shorter guy and it's like, hey, he's kind of the underdog. He didn't he didn't go to some big school. He went to Villanova. Yep. Not exactly a football hotbed. But no. he comes out of college and it's like, you know what? Root for the underdog. Root yep. for the guy who nobody gives a shot to, you know, all that type of stuff. And you can embrace guys who work hard and then have success as a result and who put their heart and soul into it. You want You know, I mentioned Jason Kelsey from this year's Eagles team. Isn't Brandon Graham that guy? Fair. Don't people look at Jalen Hurts a little bit now and say, I can see that guy being representative of the city he plays in? I think when his career is over, we'll look at Ivan Provorov that way. Depending on if he sticks. Uh, sure, sure. But I. And that's, but that's what I mean. I'm sure that there's a player on the roster today who can but be if, that guy. If this team turns around again and like gets good during Ivan Provorov's tenure with the team, right. he's going to be a figurehead. Because I'm thinking back right, to that is, Penguin series a couple years ago where he's blocking a shot, playing on with one shoulder. That man cried after that right, game six that's loss. What, bingo, like, there, that's there it, go. man. That's what this city wants. This city doesn't want you to win because you want to win. This city wants you to hate to lose, to use the Shorzy reference. Like, this team wants you to, or this city wants you to get so upset after you lose a game that you're crying because you couldn't quite do enough, even though you were by far the best defenseman in that game, maybe the best player in that game, and you were playing that entire game with one arm. Right. That's what that's, the city wants. And that's why I said, but that's why I say it the way I did. Like, I don't know if anybody on the roster is or will be here long enough. Like, I, I don't disagree with you. Right. But, like, like, like Ivan yeah. Provorov can absolutely be that type of guy. He's set to be that kind of guy for sure. But is he going to be here long enough that he sees it through that people he's embrace be, him the same way? He's going to be that guy for somebody. He, uh, sure. If he played in Montreal. He would be a god. He would be a deity. Who, no, but here's here and here, I'm gonna tell you right now. Here's the real answer to the whole thing. Okay, who do we end up talking about the most when a team wins a Stanley Cup? The captain. A lot. The goalie. A lot. Okay, and then what? The coach. <laughs> you, okay, you're not wrong. Say where where are we going here? 
that half of the time somebody emerges that we sit there and we say it's not a guy we expected to talk about, but that's the guy who kind of came through okay. as the heart and soul guy during the playoffs. When Blake Coleman is diving for a goal in the final seconds and has his moment, you sit there and you go, not the source I expected to be, but he's as huge a part of this now as Steven Stamkos is. Yep. You know, or as Pat, as, Pat or as, Maroon scoring in triple overtime. There you or go. Corey like, Perry coming to life yep. in the playoffs. You yep. know, guys like that. Or for or on Colorado side, it's Arturi Lekkinen's the guy who comes over at the trade deadline and all of a sudden makes an impact. Or Val Nachushkin, who was left for dead, bought out a few years back, who then finds a home in Colorado and becomes one of the best players in the playoffs. Yep. That's what we're talking about. Not Kale McCarr not Nathan McKinnon, not Gabe Landeskog, who you expect to do it and sure. expect to lead, but you end up coming back to these guys for Tampa, Nick Paul. Who's talking about Nick Paul for 80 games of the regular season sometimes, but, you know, in the playoffs, it, he has his moment. He it, becomes as important to the whole equation as the best player on the team does. And it's crazy because if this roster was constructed correctly and we saw some of this during the 2020 season and the bubble and all that – if Kevin Hayes is your third line center, he's perfect for this. Sure, and I and and he's I think perfect for this. And I think that's a guy who, again, kind of in line with Ivan Provorov, could understand what the city's all about, yeah. and could understand how to play. And I'm not saying that mean that like when it doesn't happen that you don't understand it. It's you're 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 becoming a part of an era of Flyers hockey that is going to be long forgotten. Yep, the roster not being good this season isn't rocket science. It's just, it, it becomes, it's clear that the entire organization has more failings than success stories. And it's gone from a situation where it's a five year stretch of time where it's like, okay, you know, after 2010, it kind of fizzled out. They made a couple playoff appearances, but it doesn't go anywhere. You know, all right, that's a, that's a five year stretch where it's a little rough to, well, the last decade has been highly unsuccessful, and pretty soon you're going to slip into the, you know what, it's been 15 years and the team's just irrelevant. That's how this era is going to be defined. So that's why you need to tear a lot of it down. I'm never, you've, you've tried to get me to say tear it down, blow it up, the whole thing. I'm never going to tell you that you need to take 20 to 23 players and blow the whole thing up and put them all on the unemployment line. No. That no, doesn't no. make any sense. And nobody you, does that, right, really. You, right. You can find a place for a handful of guys that have in the immediate future and and say, you're going to have a role while we build the rest of it, right? Yep. You have to ice a team. Like, right. Chicago and Arizona had a clear method of, you know, method behind the madness this offseason, right? Of oh, how yeah. they were going to construct a roster. And you watch a game and you realize how many guys on that roster you either sit there and go are a complete unknown to the casual hockey fan and maybe even to sometimes to the more advanced and invested hockey fan. Yeah. But let's face it here. You didn't hire John Tortorella to be a one-and-done head coach. He's no. going to be able to see this through. The front office is where you need to start because it spans from scouting to development to conditioning to analytics to wherever else you can go within this grouping it's not acceptable to be what the franchise has been lately. It's certainly not acceptable in any professional sport to say in within a calendar year, you've had three double digit losing streaks that to, you know, that when you combine a couple other losing streaks last season that went six games yep, that we fully thought could be 
10 gamers 10 gamers as well to oh, one yeah. well, one more 10 gamer because they were so close together right. they were yeah. ultimately it turned out to be that way that have that that out of that when you add them all up 10 today as, as of right now 10 from last season 10 dead even 10 13 and two sixes add up to 45 games in 90 that's worth, half worth of, of your streaks. half of your games spent in losing streaks of six games or more right and you didn't win all the rest of them you kind of split those but yeah that's yeah. That's what that's what you're looking at, and that's what makes you like they're they're they're, they're the laughing stock of the league because Man. even Arizona has more of a game plan than this. Even if Chicago this, has more of a plan than this. If this team doesn't beat the Islanders on Tuesday, it might get really really ugly. I think you got that, Tampa, New Jersey, Colorado, Washington, Vegas are your next five games. Well, I th- I think that the Islanders, the, the the Islanders game was only as close as it was through two periods. Because the Islanders had played an awful lot too, so the I two know. days no, so the two days off are going to benefit them more. Oh, I know what I'm saying. I'm just saying if you don't beat the Islanders, no, because no, because the, re- the reason I'm countering your point is because that was one of the two games ahead prior to another game that really looks like one that's winnable. Yeah, that I that I kind of start thinking you might be able to slip by because you're not slipping by Tampa, you're not slipping by New Jersey, you're not slipping by Colorado. You might be able to slip by the Islanders in the sense that, okay, you have played them recently. Maybe you have something figured out here. Although, I think this time around, you're going to get A, a refreshed team, and B, you're not going to get Varlamov. You're going to get Sorokin. I know. And that's why I'm saying I, I don't even know. Right. We might we might be here for the next two shows talking about a 13 and a 16-game losing streak. Well, and then, that's a very real possibility. Well, and Washington's the other game I think could be winnable because Fair. first of all, you you don't come two two minutes away from winning a game without it being possible another time. Fair, you know. Granted, they they look they that might also goals. spook Washington because they didn't bring their best effort the first time. Well, and let's remember it was a two to one game off of two of, of the flukiest goals they've scored all season. So you take the bounces where you get them. Obviously, don't get me wrong. You didn't exactly dominate you playing. You didn't earn them. <laughs> kind of. And then they got Vegas right after that one, which is same deal. Tough. Now, now, granted, can Vegas be beaten? Sure they can. Sure. Vegas got destroyed by Vancouver last night. But is Vegas also a wagon? Kind of. No, no, but what have we talked about before to an extent, or what has been talked about before when it comes to the Flyers, when it comes to certain games? Vancouver beat Vegas on Saturday night five to one. And the formula for winning five to one against Vegas was every big player showed up in a big way. That's true. Which means that which comes back to the same thing that John Tortorella has said. Oh, so when the Flyers play them. Well, who shows up? Well, you might have players back in the lineup by then. So that's one possibility. So you might like if Kevin Hayes and Joel Farabee are playing with Travis Konechny again and Scott Lawton's back and it's like, okay, you got a maybe. few more legit NHL players in the lineup and they all bring it. Maybe. maybe. But but, but th- th- it goes back to the main point. Everybody's got to be perfect. You got to play a damn near perfect game to win. Right. Well, you have and these slip ups, you lose games five to two and four to one and three to two in overtime. Yeah. And. Something we haven't mentioned on this show here is that uh, Carter Hart's performance has slipped a little bit, but quite frankly, I don't know how much that's his fault because the team in front of him has just been garbage. I didn't see anything wrong with the idea, though, midweek that kind of at random Felix Sandstrom got the start on Wednesday. 
Well, I don't see any, and then I don't Carter see Hart gets pulled on Friday. Sandstrom also starts Saturday. He got he got pulled. Well, Sandstrom was probably always going to go Saturday. No, Hart I know. Got, Hart got pulled on Friday because the effort was garbage, and that's I, the it was the whole reason. Tortorella even said it had nothing to do with Carter, and that's fair. I, I know. I just that makes me nervous. With I, I'm just it just makes me nervous. I, I it's honest honestly with the way that that game was going. Probably a good thing. That was a pity. That was a pity poll. A pity poll. Yeah, that fair was, enough. That was a, you know, that was a save him now because the it's only going to get worse. No, because that, you know what? Because that was your 9 nothing where he's on the hook where they finally decide, oh, you know what? It's 7 nothing. We should get him out of here. Get him out of there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or something like that. You know, whatever. They're, the case they're still lucky he didn't pull a Patrick Wilde there. Whew. Kind of. Yeah. But, but you get to that point where obviously, look, we're obviously going to do shows in the weeks ahead, so we'll be able to break down the schedule further. Yeah. But, but I get through that entire stretch of getting to the Vegas game, and then maybe Arizona's one that presents an opportunity for you. But by that given point in time, that Arizona game is two weeks from today. Right. Arizona should be in front of you by then if you haven't won a game since then. It should be, you would think. Right. And, and then the immediate aftermath after that is Colorado again, New Jersey again, and the Rangers. All right. Every show is not going to be a doom show. Do we have anything else right we want to talk about? To until they until they do something, it needs to be. And in fairness, by the way, do you know what number? No, do you know what game that Ranger game would be if they don't beat Arizona, or or uh, win another one up until like we don't expect them to? No, what? That would be twenty. Twenty, jeez, that counts as two ten game losing streaks, right? Nope. <laughs> it's it's going to be substantial though. Because because you got the three this week, three more next week. So by the Vegas game, you're looking at potentially sixteen. The Arizona game presents an opportunity because Arizona is at least a roster that is on your level. And again, by that point, you should have some players back. That I can acknowledge. Okay. You know, by the time that Arizona game rolls around, and then, you know stuff like that. Longest losing streak in NHL history is shared by two teams, the 0304 Pittsburgh Penguins and the 2020-2021 Buffalo Sabres. Okay. Do you know the number? I know it's above 16. 18. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. So if the Flyers get to 20, historic. Well, let, let the, the, there is a parallel here, by the way, between a team that had an 18-game losing streak in 0304 that you mentioned. Because right after that year, they drafted a couple of players that are pretty, you know, pretty substantial to their success in the last 20 years. Yeah, that is something I wanted to mention, by the way. Connor Bedard, since I said I'd be doing this on these shows, uh, Connor Bedard <laughs> has 22 goals, 31 assists for 53 points. How many games has he played, Kevin? What do you think? 53 points. He's, what was the goal number again? 22. He has played in 21 games. It's 24 games. I, I know. I knew the number was in the 20s. But, obscene he's practically a goal per game player two points per game obscene gross all right anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here this team depresses me and i refuse to talk about him for too long it drags down my whole we did we got to what we got to what we needed to say obviously because Uh, it's you know all right, we'll get to the reverse retros at some point. They are still rolling out kind of from an on-ice perspective. So maybe some we'll... of, I say a lot of them debuted yesterday yeah, or, or maybe over the weekend. So we'll so get to them eventually. I got, I got personally, there was one that I got, a, not, not an in-person look, but there was one I saw from okay. Saturday night. You know what? Let's tease our reverse retro conversation. Give me your absolute favorite. So oh, far. Really? 
Okay. Yeah. Oh boy, my absolute favorite so far. Well, like of this batch, like you know. Oh, I thought you were gonna mean like ones that I've actually that have actually been on the ice to this point. Oh, I mean maybe that's up to you. Because I haven't I, really seen all of them in game to get the full picture. That's fine. Um, I'll tell you what. I, I don't have a favorite. By the time we talk this, I'll have a definitive favorite. But I'll give you the ones that have higher grades for me to this point, And I'll, I'll reevaluate. But in the fir at first glance, um, I was a very big fan of – I didn't really like any of the – like if I'm doing it by alphabetical order, I have to go a little further down. I really liked Edmonton's. I really okay. like L.A.'s. I like what Minnesota has going on. I hate to say it, really like Pittsburgh's. Um, really like San Jose's, and I really like Washington's. Okay. Those are probably some of the best ones to this point for me. And I'm going to go through and kind of piece them together. I will. Okay, uh, here's here's a sp not so spoiler alert for you. Number one on my list is not the Flyers by a long shot. Freaking fair. Um, but there's but there's some really good nods. Like I, I can tell you, the San Jose one that I gave a pretty high mark to, or at least at first glance, debuted the other the debuted the other night, yeah. and I, my I I came back to that, and I'm like, yeah, this is it's nice. They this need to nice. wear they need to wear white skates, but otherwise it looks great. Um, no, I think my single favorite saw it on the ice the other night. Man, Montreal's jersey looks so good. Yeah. They just have um, such a good jersey already and putting it in just a nice powder blue. Oh. Montreal got a high mark from me and I'm oh, going to tell so nice. And I got to tell you, there's a, there's another Okay, so here's a story of one cuz this is why we need I need to take some time to really prep this. I've kind of been <laughs> tied up. There's a jersey that I saw recently that I did not love as much when I when I saw the picture and I saw, saw it on it, and I saw in a game and I went, "Never mind, this works." Okay. I'm not telling you which team it is. Okay. Well, we'll tease it. Then we'll tease right. it. I'm not telling and you which team it is, but there's one. There's at least one on one occasion. There's been a spot where I went. I hate this, or I don't like it as much. And a lot of people, by the way, here's your real teaser for you. A lot of people loved this one. Okay. I didn't see the. I didn't see it. And then I saw it in a game, and I said, "Never mind. Everybody's got a point." All right. Well, then if Chuck Fletcher still has a job, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> um, if there's a major news story to talk about, we may have to reconsider some things. Uh, but yeah, as long as things are when we record next, as long as things are status quo and we have three losses this week, like we kind of expect, uh, then we'll probably do it, end up doing reverse retros next week. So send us your favorite on Twitter at YWT podcast. Tell us which one you like the most and we'll talk about it here on the show. Uh, follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Darso. You can tweet it at him too. Uh, follow the show on or you know, you can find us everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us. Uh, find us on Sports Talk Philly, sportstalkphilly.com, on Twitter, at sportstalkphl. You know where to find us by now. If you've made it to the end of the show, you know where to find <laughs> us. So, yep. In the meantime, until next week, until next week, we're back next week. And until then, we'll see you.